0: wednesday new depth chart coming out tonight we're gonna see what changes there might be spoiler alert: i don't think there should be a ton i think they did a good job but there still needs to be some changes here on locked on gators you are locked on gators your daily podcast on the florida gators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello and welcome back to another episode of lockdown gators part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day thanks for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts happy wednesday i'm brandon Olson. find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon find my written work with whole nine sports and giants country of si.com this episode of Lockdown Gators brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Gators and the Gamecocks. Gators going win right here on Sling. Sling is the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Before getting into today's content, just to ask you a like, subscribe, comment, review, but especially subscribe. I'm trying to hit like 3,000 subscribers before the end of the year. If that's something we can make happen, I'd greatly appreciate that. But now... Depth chart time, because the Florida Gators depth chart comes out every Wednesday night and every Wednesday morning, you get what I think some changes should be, what some changes could be, will be, all that fun stuff. But I think when we're looking at wide receiver first, is that that's the first place that I'm talking about. Um, there are two things I have for receiver. But first, this one. If Justin Shorter is still hurt, I know that last week he was a game time decision, that doesn't mean a single thing. I want you to know that. Um, game time decision could happen and you can miss two games. That's fine. That happens where it's like, hey, well, we're going to see if he can go. And if he can, he can. That's great. So far, hasn't been the case. But if, if Justin Shorter can't go, I think Caleb Douglas should be the outside guy obviously, or the next man up, we'll say, Um, because Ricky Pearsall is obviously a top-two receiver on this team. If you want to make the argument it's top three instead of top two, go ahead. Without Justin Shorter, he is undeniably top two, but Caleb Douglas needs to be the next man up. Caleb Douglas, this season, targeted six times, has four catches, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Get him the ball. His nickname's Payday. For a good reason, like like he's, I don't know how to put this other than saying he's nice with it. Like, it's as simple as that. Caleb Douglas is someone who, once he committed, I was excited for him. Like, like, first of all, you can't be named Payday and play wide receiver and not be good. But also just watching his film, he looked great. The kid has been dynamite this season. And I think maybe even more important than just, I think he's good. Quarterbacks trust him. And he finds the end zone. But quarterbacks trust him. Jalen Kitna targeted three times in the. uh, How many times did he run a route? Five times. Caleb Douglas ran five routes against Eastern Washington and got targeted three times. That's perfect. Not perfect, but that's great uh, target share. And then you look at this past week against Texas AM, he ran 11 routes. Got targeted three times. That is also very good. Like, like quarterbacks trust him. Getting targeted at that rate isn't something that just happens naturally. Like, that's quarterbacks like you and they're looking for you and they're gonna get you the ball. That's an important factor when you're talking about who should be stepping up at receiver, especially for a quarterback that we've seen, Anthony Richardson, who I mean, I, I just finished the interview with Hayden Hansen. You'll hear me say, I think that. Texas A&M was Anthony Richardson's most complete game of his career so far as a quarterback. He still has struggled at certain points this season. If Justin Shorter can't go, who Anthony Richardson trusts Justin Shorter more than pretty much anybody, then put Caleb Douglas on the field with Ricky Pearsall and with Xavier Henderson. Next thing to talk about is Ricky Pearsall. He he's one of the three depth chart changes because Ricky Pearsall is. One of the most dynamic playmakers on this team that's not named Anthony Richardson. I, I don't know how you can even argue that. I don't think anybody would argue that. But Ricky Pearsall, I, I said Caleb Douglas has been dynamite. Ricky Pearsall has been dynamite. He's been nice. Um, this He hasn't been used as often as he should be, but... Seems like he's getting a little bit more involved. We saw Eastern Washington. He ran a reverse 76-yard touchdown. Just burned everybody. It was awesome. And then you look at Texas A&M, three targets, or three carries, which is not something you really expect, but 34 yards. He's only found the end zone once running the ball. Uh, It was that one long run against Eastern Washington, but three carries, 34 yards. Great. Because it was pretty consistent. Two of those three Harrys went for over 10 yards. Pretty dang good, if I do say so myself. Um, I think that's another thing where, like, if he's going to be the guy where you sometimes hand him the ball and he's going to be the motion guy, that's a perfect fit. You know, stop putting Xavier Henderson as the motion guy. Make it Ricky Pearsall and hand him the ball sometimes and threaten him. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, or, or threaten with him. Ricky Pearsall also this season, 37 targets. 22 catches, not a, not a great receiving rate, 406 yards, two touchdowns. That's pretty dang good. That is 18 yards per catch. That's, that's pretty good. He is one of the better receivers on the team, one of the more productive receivers on the team. There's a reason that he hasn't been playing a ton of snaps, but is still second on the team in receiving yards because he's damn good at his job and it's as simple as that. Uh so I think Ricky Pierce saw someone that you have to kind of feed the last depth chart uh suggestion I'll say here. I don't even want to say change. I want to say suggestion because that's all this is. I'm not saying he should be benched or anything like that. This is also very nitpicky. I'll say that. This is very nit- nitpicky. Um but the depth chart is pretty damn good right now. But Jake Slaughter starting at center. Um, I don't think it will happen. It's not. I, I don't think that this is a uh I don't think this is a, a team that could afford that. But when looking at Kingsley Iguacon, he hasn't been playing horrible. I don't want to say like he hasn't been playing horrible. I'm not saying oh Benjamin sucks. I'm not saying any of that. He has been playing pretty poorly in recent weeks. Just I and here I, I don't know if he's injured. I think he might be. Uh, or at least maybe not injured, but, you know, you're nine games into the season now. You're probably feeling it a little bit right now. So I, I, th- I don't know if he's injured or, or dealing with some stuff, or I know people are like, oh, there's a difference between injured and hurt and stuff, whatever. I don't know if he's dealing with it, but it's changed over the past few weeks, and I don't think it's just playing better teams. Yeah, past few weeks, you played LSU, you played Georgia, both damn good up front. No way around that. But, I mean, Kingsley hasn't been legitimately impressive, I think, since the Tennessee game. The Tennessee game was was just a great game for Kingsley. It really was. Like, it was not a game that I thought he would have. Uh, it's not a game where I thought he'd be as good as he really was because that Tennessee game was... First of all, a, a hard game for a center, and we saw Kingsley against Kentucky struggle a lot with false starts and, and early snaps or not snapping at all. We saw him struggle with that quite a bit. Was not an issue in Tennessee. Was not an issue uh, in, in any of the home games before because Florida started their season with six uh, home games in their first seven games, and but against LSU, he struggled. Against Georgia, he struggled. Against Texas A&M, he struggled. And yeah, you can say, well, Georgia, he had great, great, great talent in front of him. Not great enough to go, yeah, he had 10 combined pressures in the past three games. LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M. 10 combined pressures allowed for Kings League walking. He had two the entire rest of the season combined before then and they both came in the Kentucky game Utah not a pressure allowed for Kingsley Tennessee not a pressure allowed for Kingsley Missouri not a pressure allowed for Kingsley he did a great job for most of those games also in the past two weeks or well I mean yeah we're we're talking about past three weeks so we'll say past three weeks but in the past two games it's been five penalties on Kingsley bringing him up to eight total on the season. He had two against Utah, one against Tennessee. That's that's not great. And I don't know if he's hurt or whatever it is, but I think for this week, you, you give him a rest. You rest him, you get him right again, and then you get ready. Maybe you do it Vandy week. I don't know. But but something is, I don't think, right with Kingsley Aguacan right now. I think he's much improved this year over last year. I just don't think that he's healthy right now. I don't think he's 100% uh, healthy right now going into this final stretch of the season. But now it is time for Hayden Hansen coming up. But first, Today's episode of Lockdown Gitters is brought to you by Simply Safe because the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people, including myself, have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. And here's the thing you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. Okay? Simple as that. At simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and I know that I've told this story before, and you probably hate hearing it by now, but I was on vacation in June. You all know that because a bunch of recruiting stuff happened, and I wasn't able to cover it, um, which sucked, by the way, but while I was on vacation, got a notification that I was like, hey, man, uh, might want might to check out. Someone's near your house. It was a kid in the yard getting a ball. It was nothing, but it's great to know that, like, hey. Gig um, got my back, and I appreciate that. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom lockdown college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafecom lockdown college. And remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Joining me now for Lockdown Gators is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators freshman tight end. And Hayden, not starting off with the Billy Napier message that that's, that's next. But first one win away from bowl eligibility in Billy Napier's first year. How's it feel?
1: Feels good. I mean, it just feels like I, mean, I talked about it last week. It feels a part of the plan, you know, we're definitely, we're, um, I mean, if you didn't believe we we're going to win out, maybe you do now because um, I think it's pretty apparent that that's what we're going to do. We're going to finish strong. Eight and four looks a lot better than any other, any other combination of that record. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah,
0: eight and four, nine and four, you know. What I'm yeah. Um, but what has been Coach Napier's message this week after the largest margin of victory for the Florida Gators outside of the Eastern Washington game?
1: Yeah, I mean, um the uh, the biggest thing was starting fast on both sides. That's something we kind of struggle with this year. And um yeah, he he also preached that's what we have to do this week to beat South Carolina, is just start fast on both sides of the ball. And don't let them hang around there. So I mean, like That's probably the biggest thing in practice is what we practice. Like we could be have like some run periods and stuff. We just practice on getting off the ball fast right off the bat. Like I mean, you're you're already warm from other periods, obviously, but you get in there and the first two plays need to be big plays, you know, just to kind of correlate that to the game. Yeah, and I I
0: pretty openly said I've been harsher on Anthony Richardson than some other people have been, but I think the Texas A and M game was maybe his most complete game as a quarterback and just pretty much every facet how great was it to see him go out there and and just do that because he looked so comfortable as a passer and obviously as a runner once he gets a little bit of space you ain't catching him
1: Mm -mm. yeah I mean he's just a freak uh uh, I wasn't surprised I mean it's always expected Uh, I've seen uh, once you see it once you know what he can do he's a very talented guy and he'll definitely be a Key contributor at the next level, so I mean it's fun watching him grow. I mean this is his first complete season as a starter, and he really hasn't let many people down. So um, I'm just um, it's cool to see him come to work every day with us and lead the team. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the rest of the season and see what he does.
0: Yeah, I uh, I mean you mentioned that he's going to be a key contributor at the next level, whenever that may be. On uh, Monday we saw the afternoon press conference. Montrell Johnson was just he shot his shot, which you have to respect Montreal shot his shot with Anthony Richardson saying we need him back for one more year and then he did the whole little looked right at the camera and uh is that kind of is that kind of the feel right now in the locker room you guys are lobbying for Anthony Richardson to come back for at least one more year
1: yeah I mean uh, you definitely want a guy like that to come back and help your team um I don't know we'll see what happens um I wouldn't be surprised either way but uh well i mean yeah there's a lot definitely a lot of whispers not whispers like screams i mean like you you have that like, a talented guy like that you you definitely want him back on your team so we'll see what happens yeah i could tell
0: you pretty much every time that i say anthony richardson's name on the podcast just the comments blow up about whether he should stay or whether he should go and it's just like sit down enjoy the ride because it's going to be like that until he makes a decision but um I feel like pretty much every week that you've come on here, we've talked about Billy Napier's focus and attention on detail and trying to fix kind of the little things. How does it kind of feel now seeing where offensively, defensively, this team from the beginning of the season, which, yeah, first game, beat Utah, and then it kind of brought back down to standard a little bit. But, I mean, this team's made strides every week, improving upon the little things. So how does it feel where – the product on the field is just significantly better than it was a month or two ago
1: yeah I mean it's just the work we've been doing is paying off but I mean when you think about it our four losses are all to four ranked teams right now and I think three of them are in the top 10 don't quote me on that but I'm pretty sure that's pretty accurate but uh I mean they're quality losses and it wasn't like they were blowouts besides the Georgia game so I mean it, we could easily only have one loss right now I mean the, um either way but um uh, so our record looks a little worse than it, sh- it could be, but um, I think what Napier's doing is obviously working. It's just going to take a little bit of time, and I think it's starting to show effectively to the fans, and they're starting to believe, so that's good. Yeah,
0: it's also – I guess it's with the playoff rankings coming out now that maybe people are putting a little bit more weight into it, but Florida's four losses, number one, Georgia 22, uh, number five, Tennessee by five, and then number seven, LSU by 10, number twenty three or 24 Kentucky by 10. But even the 10 point losses were that close Mm -hmm. to being wins and including a win over number 13, Utah. So I think people are now starting to realize like, yeah, you can say Florida's five and four or whatever, but (laughs) those four losses aren't the damn good football teams. Um, And and just speaking of the improvements that this team has made, something I realized I haven't asked you, but you've been on campus for what six months now, roughly. roughly. Um, which defenders would you say have improved the most since you got on campus? Whether it's from you trying to block them or them covering you, whatever the criteria.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, I would definitely say, uh, Powell 52, he, that dude, that dude's gotten better every week, uh, for sure. Him, and if we're going to talk coverage, uh, I'd probably, I'd probably go out and say, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the linebacker. Uh, I'm going to go with Shamar. Uh, fall camp. We were, we were battling it out and um, uh, there's not as many weaknesses now that I can kind of attack. He's kind of solid, he's solidified most of it. Um, he's definitely improved in the coverage. He's a great player and uh, it's been fun watching him evolve.
0: Yeah. Um, I-, I hope you know that now I'm looking for big things from both of them as we continue going on for the season, because uh, in maybe April, I had Princely on the show, and I was like, hey, who's the most improved offensive player? And he said Austin Barber, and that dude is just whooping right now. <laughs> he, he is cooking, so I'm, I'm taking the... Princely also is cooking. Um, yeah, let me let me tell you. Built Bar hit something different lately. I finally got around to trying their white chocolate blueberry granola bar, and holy sheesh, Holy shish. Obviously, granola, but real pieces of blueberry. And it's coated in white chocolate. Hmm? Yeah, I know I got a sweet tooth. So I freaking love it. I really do. Still just 150 calories. Still 15 grams of protein. Obviously, a few more carbs than usual because it's a granola bar. It's not just a normal protein bar. But use promo code On 15 to get 15% off of your order right now at Built. Dot com but shifting to this week and actually the game what's kind of the feel and the mindset going into South Carolina week where Florida in recent history has kind of won that series handedly but last year it was a rough loss Gamecocks ran for almost 300 yards so I'd imagine there's a, a little bit extra coming from some of the guys that run the team last year
1: Yeah, I mean, the plan is to go in there, start fast, and stop the run. Um, That's pretty point blank for um, what we need to do. Um, So if we go out and do those two things, it should be in our control for the whole game. So, Yeah, and uh, I
0: mean, we all know Billy Napier developed a a coaching staff, an army, as he likes to call it, because with the coaches and the support staff, there's like a million of those people out there. They're everywhere, and they got every weird possible job title there is. Uh, But one of the things that we heard a lot about as a much improved area from last year at Dan Mullen, which I know you can't speak on the Dan Mullen staff, you weren't here for it, but something that's much improved from the Dan Mullen staff to Billy Napier is the strength, conditioning, nutrition programs. So I was kind of curious, just what has your personal development been like with them? Like, Like what, have your lifting numbers jumped significantly? Just- uh, lost fat, gained muscle. If you know how much, generally.
1: Yeah, so I mean, when I first got here in the summer, I was around sixteen mm, percent body fat. Um, before fall camp, I got down to thirteen percent body fat, and then um, I'd say the biggest thing would be my explosiveness out of a stance and my speed. Uh, they really attacked that in the summer. It wasn't. It really surprised me because when I first got here, I was like, okay, this is gonna be rough. We're gonna be throwing up, dying. <laughs> So don't get me wrong, some of those days we were, but a good number of those days <clears throat> were limited reps, but they were focused. We'd have light weight maybe tied to us, or we'd have us like a 10 or less like specific sprints from awkward stances because Tiger, Tiger and them do a good job of teaching like every single fundamental and what every muscle does when you sprint. And um, I, can, I can definitely say with confidence that I've gotten a lot faster and more explosive. Have you run a 40 at all? I have not. I haven't haven't tested a 40 since I've been getting recruited, but I guarantee it's a little faster.
0: And uh, just to wrap up, just one more question about kind of completely, I I guess we'll say an an off field, just student athlete. What is the scheduling? like? Because I was talking with someone about this yesterday where I went to Toledo, which is Mac school playing ball state as we speak. Um, But I I went to Toledo and I know their schedule was insane. I'd imagine being at the sec and at the university of Florida specifically schedule is a bit rough. So I was just curious kind of what that works out with in terms of football classes. I know, I know Toledo did like a study hall, study table type thing. So I was just curious how that works out for you guys down there.
1: Yeah. It's uh, there's not much free time during the week. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some examples. Like Monday, Monday is our off day. We have like a <clears throat> we have a we still have recovery. We have to go up there for about an hour, recover, check in, then then we're off. But obviously, we still have classes and stuff. But um, uh, so Monday is kind of light. But then Tuesday, I mean, I have I got tutor in the morning. I got study hall. I got another tutor, and I got practice all day. And then I come home with one more tutor um it'd be impossible like we're so thankful for the tutors in the hawkins center it'd be impossible without them to do all these classes and then wednesday is about the same wednesday is an even longer practice so i have a little less tutors i kind of knock it all out tuesday or so and then um thursday is more of a it's still a full practice but it's a walkthrough so in the morning i have 12 12 50 study hall 9 a.m tutor and then we go to the walkthrough and then i'm off after that and then friday saturday sunday is where it gets real busy you're trying to fit in all your school stuff on friday so you can get your mind right for saturday you know so i mean it's just it's about it's about it's pretty close to that and then it's a little more for me and the freshmen because we haven't gained the trust yet so most of our classes we have tutors and we have to check in But once you get a little older and show them you can keep your gpa up and stuff and then you don't have as many tutors only when you need it or requested so the older guys probably have a little less time but they're but when they have that little time off they're up at the facility you know so it just it's just whatever you whenever you have free time you get better so yeah, uh,
0: I'll say little envious of like being a Gator, not envious at all of <laughs> what comes with it and all the uh all the off field stuff that you have to deal with. But thank you so much, Hayden. This was Hayden Hanson, Florida Gators freshman tight end. Catch him every Saturday with your Florida Gators and every Wednesday with Lockdown Gators. Thanks for making Locked Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we'll be back tomorrow as it's crossover Thursday time. Talk about South Carolina and how bad Florida is going to whoop them. That, that's the vibe that I'm on now. That's the vibe I'm on. But for your second listen, check out Locked On SEC hosted by Chris Gore to get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, in the University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Follow me on Twitter at wns underscore Brandon. Written work with the whole nine sports and Giants Country at SI.com and I'll see you all tomorrow.